Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist Church. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here. What you see in the decoration outside of what you normally see in a worship service is from last night's concert. It was an amazing concert with three uh, very distinct separations of uh, styles of music. We had uh, guest singers, um, Larry and Alicia, that were tremendous. Our band had, uh, see what they really showed last night. You see it if you pay attention to Sunday to Sunday. But in such a compact uh, amount of time, you saw how versatile they were and how uh, they could have any combination of what they were doing uh, to sing. And I'm just grateful for their dedication, for um, tech team's dedication, for um, y'all coming out. It was a great Sunday, a great uh, service. And if y'all missed it, it's going to be on YouTube uh, very shortly. You'll be able to watch it. Um, tell you a couple things. If, you, if this is your first day today, we're so grateful that you're here. We have coffee and snacks back there, and we have restrooms here. And if you have a child that is uh, preschool and will be going to Sunday school, we have our security check-in system in the back. We are continuing to check the security system, and that will be um, uh, ongoing shifting periodically. The way we do it, how we do it, when we do it, uh, until we know that it's fully operational. Bring membership classes every first Sunday morning at 10 a.m. It's in the social hall, which is uh, the next building over from here. And you can meet uh, other new people. You can uh, uh, meet people from this is my first Sunday to I've just recently joined. And make sure that you see friendly faces here at Memorial. Um, we have a Monday, Thursday service this Thursday at 7 p.m. It's in the sanctuary. It's our um, one service of Holy Week. It will be at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. It's a Monday, thir Thursday service. Commemorate the um, communion that Jesus offered the disciples in the midst of that painful moment. I think it's a very powerful service, and uh, I invite you uh, to come. I want to let you know if you go back and forth between the two services, uh, contemporary and traditional, that um, Lauren is retiring. Lauren is our um, traditional choir director. He actually, uh, very similar to Reverend John Rush, if you know his story, he retired after years and years in service and then came back into working and now is retiring again after service here at Memorial to spend more time with family. If you know people that would be interested in that part-time position, you'll let us know. I'm going to call Leanna up. She's going to tell you a couple things. And, but while she's coming, I will tell you, thank you so much for your generosity to the Leadership Greer Project. We raised $2,000 towards that project. That's that generosity. You just, um, you've already overwhelmed me with generosity in a number of different ways, and that was just another tremendous example, and uh, it really helped the class uh, hit the number, and it's going to, um, I'll, I'll post all sorts of stuff about the project and what's going on, but uh, I just want to say thank you. Good morning. I'm Leanna Morris. I'm the Interim Director of Children's Ministries here at Memorial. Um, our Easter egg hunt is this coming Saturday at 10 a.m. in here, we're going to have some games and some crafts and some snacks and then lots of eggs to hunt, so please come out. And then our planning center check-in station has moved to the back of the gym. This Sunday we're checking in preschoolers for 9 a.m. nursery and 10 a.m. Sunday school. So if you have a preschooler that's going to Sunday school and they haven't checked in, you can just come by at the end of the service to check them in. And if there's any kids in here that want to walk around with the palm branches during the first song with me and Pastor Kate, they can meet me in the back. If you're wondering, is it cool to do the branches, it's cool. And I'm going to be doing it too. So I want you all to go back there and uh, do that. Whatever I'm doing, it's cool. That's what Katie will tell you. No question. This is out of the ordinary. That's because the CEP is doing a 
book fair for a fundraiser. I believe it's a drive towards getting a laminating machine, which is a big deal for them. So if you, are, if you see any of those books and you're interested, you are uh, fully, what's the word? Capable? I don't know. You can buy some books if you want. Um, just tell Lori. Lori's office is right there Monday through Friday. Just tell Lori. She would let you buy as many books as you would like. want to make sure you do that. Um, administrative Council is today at 3 p.m. We do meet every other month, and Program Council meets the other months. Administrative is today at 3 p.m. Adam is not feeling well. Uh, Adam is our tech guy. He does all sorts of stuff, and he was to take Sunday school class pictures for anywhere but FLC. He's not feeling well. He'll be here next week. I figure there'll be a couple of people here for Easter to make the classes look great. So if you are in Sunday school classes outside of this building, you will be taking pictures for the directory next week. I believe that's as much as you can handle. We have um, prayer cards in the back. If you would like for us to pray for you both in the service and our Tuesday prayer group to pray for you on Tuesday, if you'll raise your hand now, we'll bring you a note card. And the only thing I ask is that you print very legibly uh, easy to read, and we'll make sure we share that in worship and on Tuesday. This service is different. Uh, generally, worship services this Sunday before Easter choose between Palm Sunday, where we celebrate the palms, and Passion Sunday, where we commemorate the fact that Jesus went to that very specific place, was um, tried and crucified. We um, are not going to choose to do one or the other. We're going to do both today. And the reason we're doing both is, uh, has multiple layers. But the way we're going to start is to read the text from Palm Sunday, and you can follow along on the screen. Luke 19. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest, the people said. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Let's look at a picture. This is what's known as an icon, primarily in the Catholic Church and the Greek Orthodox Church. It's a... Um, ancient painting depicting a major biblical story. Lots of times in icons, those involved, uh, Jesus and his disciples will have that um, marking above their head. And you can see people, um, if you think about the nicest coat you have, you probably wouldn't lay it in the street for people to walk over. But people in that moment are waving their branches. I want you to see the kids as they come by. They're waving their branches. They're putting their coats down. They're celebrating the entry of Jesus. Every single person there is excited but for the religious leaders who say, look, this is too much. Roman soldiers are going to notice it. I need you to tell them to stop. And Jesus says, tell you what, if I tell them to stop, the rocks are going to cry out. There's nothing stopping the excitement of this moment. So with that in mind, let's stand and sing our first song. We're going to pray. 
uh, to begin our service, and our band is going to lead us in a song, and our children will come forward with their palm fronds. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the scriptures that tell us these amazing stories. We thank you for the songs that capture our emotions and our thoughts. We thank you for the children who will help us to celebrate. And we ask that you help us to hold two things in tension today. The excitement of the arrival of Jesus. The total anger at the arrival of Jesus. And how both images are at war in our hearts and in our minds. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for this time of the year 
um, that we can be reminded of your life um, and what you came here to do for us. Lord, I pray this morning that through the band and through Joe that you'll speak to us and that our hearts and minds will be open to hear what you have to say. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.
please turn and greet your neighbor. And children, come forward for the children's sermon. Before Miss Candy starts, I'll tell you today is Library Sunday, so if your children would like to go with Miss Beth uh, up to the library, we've got all kinds of fun children's books that they can borrow until next Library Sunday. Um, they can go immediately following the children's sermon. Okay, guys, look at me. I am so happy that you guys came prepared, and I'm so happy that Leanna came prepared and brought all these palm leaves because I would have pulled over to the side of the road and I'd been chopping somebody's bush down in their yard to try to find one. So, thank you, Leanna, so I didn't have to do that. Um, today, I have two things that I really kind of want to talk to you about. Um, one is this palm leaf, and then one is an eraser. Now, these things, oddly enough, have a lot in common, okay? So, first, let's talk about the palm leaf. Okay, today is Palm Sunday, and when I think about a palm tree, Especially here in the south, we can see palm trees a lot. We see palm trees in people's yards. If we go down to the beach, we'll see palm trees. So it's very similar to the place where Jesus... And Disney World, you're right. So it's very similar to the place where Jesus kind of was when he was here on earth. Um, he was in a very um, tropical, kind of a hot climate, and there were a lot of palm trees. So people were accustomed to seeing palm trees. No, ma'am. Sorry, she's mine. So um, I kind of think of the palm leaf as sort of being similar to a pom-pom. Do you guys know what a pom-pom is? You've been to a Clemson game lately because a lot of pom-poms were flying this season. Right, so about 2,000 years ago, Jesus was walking through the streets of Jerusalem, and the people were so happy to see him and they were celebrating they were lining the streets and they had their palm leaves can you guys shake your leaves and they were shaking their leaves kind of like when we go to a football game or somewhere and we have a pom-pom and they were just so happy and celebrating him coming down the street he was their lord and savior well that day only a few days later kind of um took a turn so at that point people really kind of start stopped celebrating and they really started um turning their backs on Jesus. About three or so days after he arrived in Jerusalem and they were cheering with their palms, um, Jesus was arrested and then he was tried and then eventually he was crucified. That crucifixion is what this week is all about. And that's why I brought these erasers because that's what the crucifixion is about to me. Tell me what you would use this eraser for, Ryan. Why would you need to erase something, Drew? Right. So if you made a mistake on your paper, especially you guys that are in school and you, you have to write frequently, um, erasers are a pretty handy tool because when you make a mistake, you can just erase it and start over, right? It is a student's best friend. Well, um, <laughs> so with Jesus' crucifixion that day that he died on that cross, 
every single mistake that you and I ever make has been erased. So just like this eraser on your paper at school, that week of celebrating and that week that turned to sadness and then the day that Jesus died, he did all of that so that you and I could have our lives free of mistakes, knowing that we would be forgiven and then eventually we would join him in heaven. Does that make sense? Do you guys kind of see how the two things go together? Okay, so I'm going to let you pass this around. You can, well, actually, I'm going to hand them out because I don't want us to spend all day choosing. But you can take this with you. And they have really good messages on there like A plus and good job and champ and nice. So that will make you happy too, make you feel good about yourself. Wait, let's pray before we go. Boys and girls, bow your heads with me so we can pray. Dear Father in heaven, we celebrate today just as those who celebrated in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. God, we know that this is the day that you have made, and we rejoice, and we will be glad in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, man. Good job. We're asked to pray for Utah McLennan. She has multiple major health problems. We're asked to pray for friends and family of Alan Jacobs, a Greenville County police officer killed in the line of duty, and for all who protect and serve our citizens. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we carry a tremendous weight. Whether it be sickness that we have or that loved ones have, whether it be death of our loved ones or people in the community, we carry a weight of being the participants in the story this day. And that weight causes us to want to buy things or consume things, or watch things to distract us. And when we're done with our distractions, the weight comes right back. Lord, help us to continually pray the song that we sung, that we need you. We need you to walk alongside us. We need you to help us recognize your presence. We need you to inspire us to be honest and open during this week that we can truly celebrate on Easter Sunday. Bless us in the reading of your text that we may understand it, that we may make it our own, that it may change us from the inside out. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught us to pray.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today is our final Sunday in the series of final words from the cross, things that Jesus said to those there, the ones who wanted him to die, those who wanted him to live, those who wanted him to explain how on earth we got to this point when it was going so well, family, friends. He said these things to all of them. And they're a total inspiration to us because in those last painful moments, he wanted to make sure that we understand, we understood very critical principles. Before I show you two pictures uh, to help us with this theme, I want you to think about something. Um, are, are you more inclined to watch a new movie or watch the movie you've seen before? Let's do a quick poll. Um, those of you more likely to watch a new movie, raise your hand. More likely to watch a movie you've seen before, raise your hand. Hmm. Well, it's 60-40. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, but I feel like 60-40 towards new movie. Um, Star Wars, Godfather, Top Gun. There's really no more reason to make any more movies, in my opinion. I mean, I, those are the only ones I need. And you think, like, professionally, I am required professionally to read the same text over and over again and talk about them over and over again. And I find that at different levels of life and um, different churches that I've served, different communities that I've seen, those passages take on a new meaning while maintaining the overall uh, foundation of their and so when I see those movies um, on TV, I'm, I'm going to watch them again. And I just know that it's going to be good. In many of those movies, you have an individual who has been betrayed by a small force or a large force or the group that was with them. That individual is banished out with, uh, to be left out there and is coming, riding back into town, whether it be on a horse or uh, some sort of gangster car or some sort of star cruiser, whatever it is, we're coming back to town and it's on. I want you to look at a, a great painting. It's a little faded in the light, but this is um, your typical scene of trying to take over a land. You got guys on the cavalry with the swords, you got guys behind them with the guns, you got um, people behind them with the cannons. And um, we're going to do whatever it takes to overwhelm you with force so that we can win this area back or win this area, period. Brutal force is what it's going to take. I want you to look at the next image. Right there. I know that's faded, too. That's a um, pretty old picture. But you see um, the mountains in the background. Tan there is the city. And the fortress is right there in the dark, and Jesus is coming in on his uh, white horse with a little pony beside him. This is Jesus coming to the city. This is the Messiah rolling into town. And when the people of Israel who have been, they've had some victories in battle, but they've been punished in battle. They've been scattered a number of different places. They've had all sorts of um, war that's ripped them apart. 
And when they're thinking about a Messiah and they hear prophets saying, somebody's coming, you think they're thinking this? More, more than likely not. They're thinking more the previous picture. Somebody who's going to come, who's going to rally us all, who's going to sacrifice everything to win this land back for us so that we don't have to live this life anymore. And they see that. In this moment, the people are rejoicing, as I said. So there's three reasons we want to hold these two ideas in tension. Um, Palm Sunday and what's called Passion Sunday, which is the story of um, Jesus going to the cross. Number one, how do you beat uh, kids coming in with palms? I mean, you got to do that. You have to do that, right? Kids coming in with palm fronds is something that warms our hearts. It also helps us understand um, uh, an excitement of a parade. Everyone loves a parade for whatever reason that might be. I want you to note the peaceful way at which he entered the town. This is the way he's coming into Jerusalem. And finally, we will have this service on Monday, Thursday, but we know, we're aware that there are people that can only come Sunday to Sunday. And if we have simply Palm Sunday and simply Easter, I don't know, the parade was fun, and I don't know, resurrection's cool too. It's a pretty good week. We want to pay attention to the overwhelming highs and lows of this week. Passion. The story of the Passion is in John 19, 30, and in Luke. When he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. We've been reading just a little bit the last six weeks of things that Jesus has said, and this is one of them, it is finished. So a lot of the people around them would think, well, he died, of course it's finished, that's it. But we've got to ask ourselves, what is finished? What is Jesus talking about? In the book that we're reading for this season, Reverend Hamilton says, um, I've drawn on a number of different people for this idea, and they've said his masterpiece. His masterpiece is finished. In fact, uh, Dr. Will Williman, who's uh, spent time, he's from South Carolina, uh, grew up at Buncombe Street, served some churches in the Greenville District, went to Duke and was head of the chapel there, was a bishop in uh, um, Mississippi, no, Alabama, North Alabama, and is now back at Duke. He said it's like the finish of the Sistine Chapel. And he goes, it's finished. Now, people there looking in that moment would think, how on earth is this a masterpiece? How could this be something so special that you would want us to notice? I want you to think of three different people. Adam and Eve. What was their situation like? What, what were their hardships? How much uh, was provided for them and how much was asked of them? Amazing garden. And I'm just asking you not to do this. And they struggled with it. They defied God. Think about King David. Major conqueror. Major uh, uh, winner of battles. In fact, the image that people have in mind when they think of a Messiah. King David had everything, but he looked across the street and he saw Bathsheba and he thought, I don't have everything. And he defied God. The disciples had a front row seat to everything that Jesus was doing, and yet they said, could we have a little bit more? Could we, 
can we secure some places in the future with you? That would be great. And could you do more things for us than you do for them? And I don't know if we should be helping those people over there. And they defied him. All three groups had an incredible opportunity, and all three groups defied God. Jesus, in this moment, goes into Jerusalem, is tried by that group, is crucified, and in that moment, he is entirely obedient. And so religious scholars will suggest this, this masterpiece is the fact that he was faithful and obedient despite his circumstances. You know, like, well, Lou, we thought we were going to get a raise and we don't get it. Or we thought we were going to get that job and we didn't get it. Or we thought we were going to be in that relationship and we didn't get it. And we think in that moment, I don't even know if God cares. I don't even know if I should bother with this. Little things can throw us off track. In this moment, Jesus' masterpiece that is finished is total faithfulness and obedience to God despite the circumstances. Let's look at verse 44. It was about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The phrase I want you to get there is, into your hands I commend my spirit. Raymond Hamilton suggests that that's not a phrase only appropriate on the cross that day. It's been a phrase that was appropriate to his entire life. When he didn't think he was ready and his mother pushed him into service, when he went out into the desert and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, when after that the devil offered him all sorts of wealth and authority and power, when he went to his hometown and he said, I'm the fulfillment of these texts that you've been reading, when the people were so upset by him doing that, the ones that were just going, oh, look at little Jesus, he's doing a good job. What? What did he just say? Let's take him out to a cliff. When everything was the best it could possibly be, and he said, we're going to have to go to Jerusalem. Outside the walls of Jerusalem, on that horse, coming into town peacefully, waiting in a cell for days, being tried by people who are supposed to be the leaders of the community, being ridiculed by the soldiers around him because it was their job to do that, whether they wanted to do it or not, carrying that cross to the place where he was supposed to go. In all these places, speaking of movies, you know, in the last moments when all those pictures flash through that person's mind, in all those moments, Christ was saying, into your hands I commit my spirit. And Reverend Hamilton said, we've got to notice that, and we've got to start saying it. Now, if you looked at me and you, if, if you were to wonder, okay, has, is he committed enough to what Jesus is talking about? Well, in a way, yes. I show up here a lot. I visit y'all a lot. I think about what we're going to say a lot. I read a lot of emails, a lot. 
of emails. I text a lot. I text a lot to a lot of the people. I'm committed work-wise, but you know what I do a lot of is really, really worry. Just total anxiety and sometimes paralyzed by the worry of what is this thing going to be. What's this worship service going to be? What's this meeting going to be? What's this venture going to be? What's this offering going to be? Okay? And I realized something in the concert last night. I was telling people somewhere around 22 minutes in, I thought, I'm done worrying here because this is amazing. And the campus that we have is amazing. And the location that we have is amazing. And our city is amazing. The faithful people that we have serving this church are amazing. And if I'm paralyzed by the fact that, I don't know, man, is this thing going to work out? Is this font okay? Is this color okay? Is this slide okay? Is the slide up there that I want to be there while you're looking at it? Are we going to have enough? You should see me right before a basketball game. Say, eight, six to eighth grade girls basketball game. Nearly nauseous. That whatever happens will be okay. If I were to say, see, my, my concern is not commitment or coming here. My concern is what I just shared with you. And so if I were to say to myself in my concern, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now that's my personal one. If you were to think about what is the impediment for you to following Jesus Christ to our God, and you were to think, what's the thing that's stopping me? If you were to precede it, or at every time you feel it, say the words, into your hands I commit my spirit. There's a certain comfort there. There's a certain security there. There's a certain purpose there. It's not about whether the thing is perfect and that people know that I had a part in it. It doesn't matter that um, this chair was right here or right here. What matters is our spirit and our connection to our God. Jesus had forgiven those who were present. He had offered mercy to a thief. He had cared for his mother. And he had prayed in triumph. Into your hands I commit my spirit. This is a prayer that mothers teach their children to pray to God. And Jesus in that moment says it. Verse 47 says, The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Our last phrase, recognition by an outsider. You know how many times the outsider is the one that recognizes what's, what's going on in this story of Jesus? You know why? Insiders look at their belly button a lot. They're thinking about what they're doing a lot. They're thinking about what they're saying and what someone has said. And is that person, should they have said that in that moment? Are they committed enough to be able to say that thing? We look at ourselves a lot, and while we're looking at ourselves, this thing's going by. An outsider, again, and for the last time, recognizes this is our Savior. Not because he came with some vicious sword, some uh, total amazing army that was here to crush us all, but because he committed his spirit to God in the face of total 
adversity. In so doing, he sets the example for us. And so I want you to consider that phrase. I want you to use that phrase, both this week and in the weeks to come. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are human. Therefore, we have impediments. Ones the world gives us. Ones others place in front of us. And most frequently, ones we create ourselves. We say, we'll follow you when we get done with the thing that we're doing, if you can give us something cool as a substitute. Help us, Lord, to commit. To set ourselves aside. To, regardless of the circumstances, offer the phrase, into your hands, we commit our spirit. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and read our affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. It's now time to offer our tithes and other offerings. I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I've never been before. No sad goodbye will there
See? The only thing I want is to pass the offering plate and get one of those huge bases for Daniel to have. I just want Daniel doing that on the base. I think that would just be killer. Thank you all so much for your dedication building up the last night and for today, being here today. Thank you all for being here today. I just encourage you throughout this week to offer your spirit. What can I do, Lord? How can I speak, Lord? How can I listen, Lord, that I may understand? Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.